Oh, tis a wintry day, tis a wintry cold day where flakes of snow do dripple drapple out of the sky and flipple flopple onto the floor. It is a snowy day, and Paul is cooped away in his small little grotto, separated from his pod partner Eli, who was across town. Eli, how art thou? <laughs> I don't know what that is. I don't know what that is. Paul, just just before, I've yeah. got someone here who's who really liked the vibe. That you were giving out with that, you know, with the whole ye olde snowy daytime. Yeah. He's here. Yeah. I think you've you've heard his little noise that his little pipe makes against his mouth. But he's here. He just wants oh, to say no. hello. <laughs> he just wants to say... There he is. God, already? Oh, so to be sure, it is snowy. To, to be... It, it reminds me, Paul. So it does. Yeah, no, so I it know. Does. It oh. reminds me. I had a story about a snowy day... We were on the Western yeah. Front. It was so snowy that my, my I had chillblains, so I did. I had I had chillblains, so I did. I had them so bad they they I, they were split. My blains were split. They were chilled so badly, so they were. So I went. Just get to, to the, the ball <laughs> eating. That's all you're gonna get. That's all it matters. Just get to, to the, the bit where you eat balls. All right, Sonny. I went to the. The shed, and there were lots of balls frozen in there, so they were uh, crispy, melting the mouth. Sorry, sorry, stop a minute. You what, found the it? shed full of balls. Yeah, frozen balls. Oh, well, so what? Is it some kind of testicular Iceland? They were Nazi balls. All, <laughs> right, all Nazi frozen. balls frozen, and you ate them. You had to. It's the only way you could survive. Well, I think if you thought a little bit longer and harder, you would have come up with a plan B, as opposed to eating Nazi balls. Plan B had already been exhausted. That was eating everyone else's balls. I'll right, go. So you I'm were just go. you were ballless. I'm gonna go. Yeah, I think you should because this <laughs> it's not working for me. All right, so I will. Goodbye. There he goes. Story time, Granddad Paul. Story time, Granddad. Right. Well, on that Granddad. note, then welcome to Cheap Show, boys and girls, welcome ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I hate you and your fucking noodle posse. People love noodles. It's just a fact of Cheap Show you're going to have to learn to fucking accept. Cheap Show. Off-brand brand, off-brand brand. Hello, yes, welcome to Cheap Show. It's a remotely recorded episode today, so Eli and I are safely in our bunkers. Paul, I'm in the uh, original H to the OP. Yeah. Yeah. Crispy town. You are. I've not seen the H to the OP in a while. Well, Has it things is. changed? Uh, no, they've got considerably worse. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> in what way? Well, I don't really want to go into it. It's quite embarrassing. Well, in what way? Well, there's a little dresser that's uh, across from Mount Gotpants, and I've actually done some work uh, clearing the top of that. And now I've got right. my 
my little uh, nerd calculator man sitting there. He's looking at me. He's, he's encouraging me to do well today. Thank you, nerd calculator lizard man, with your tongue out. Thank you very much. You've encouraged me. I'm ready to go forward, Paul. There's not going to be any funny business from my side. That's for sure. Today, no. That's well, for sure. also, there's no funny business at my side either today because um, there's nothing funny, interesting, or whatever going on. So we're just going to no. crack on with. Ah, oh, you know what, mate? I'm losing interest in this. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Come on, mate. It's Not really doing the weird doing this remotely. It's, it's oh no, so weird. Oh, it, but anyway, yes, we're We've back and we're doing cheap the guidelines. Show. We do. We're going to follow the guidelines and do this responsibly, carefully, and with love. So we're going to do our best to deliver high octane cheap show thrills to you over the next hour or so. So what have we got coming up on the show? Well, up until half an hour ago, the answer was nothing. But we've managed <laughs> to pull together the best of what we can. And uh, we've got today some interesting things. Um, also, do you want to do anything at the top of the show? Anything you want to announce or say? Well, um, hmm. No, I've got nothing. This is fine. I'm not, I'm not trying to catch you out with like some kind of confession or an apology. I was just wondering genuinely if you had anything you wanted to talk about specific to Eli Silverman's interests. No, my interests have ground to a halt. I've, I've just been watched. Well, I'll tell you what then. What? I'll announce this now and it's out the way so people can get going Ooh. on it. Um, your Envision 2020 uh-huh. was very, 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 very well received last year. And we thought, you know what? Let's do it again. So here are the parameters. One, if you want to get involved, listen to episode whatever it was of Cheap Show last year. Well, why don't you, Paul, we Paul, did your Paul, sorry to, sorry to uh, give you notes while you're doing it. But why don't you just explain no, go for it. first up what your Envision is conceptually and as a real uh, thing yeah well conceptually it was a reaction to uh, the <laughs> lack of eurovision Euro, eurovision i keep saying your envision now eurovision yes. last year and so we thought we'd fill the gap in and we invited our listenership to create songs and then we had them judged by such luminaries as i don't know Brian Wecht from Ninja Sex Party, comedian Nick Helm. Oh, we had all your favourites, Ashens, Mr. Biffo, they all chipped in. And we thought, let's do it again. So, if you'd like to have a song for your Envision 2021 on Cheap Show this year, create one. We don't care what you do, what its content is. All we ask is that you keep it to about a minute and a half, two minutes Uh, at the absolute max. Well, I think you're being wishy-washy there. There has to be a cut-off. So is it a minute and a half or is it two minutes? I would say it's between 90 seconds and two minutes. I think you can get a leeway. You don't want to in- inhibit people too much. You need something to breathe. Okay, but does it have to be... A, you can it, do a good song it, in two minutes. Is there a lower limit? Is there a lower limit? Can it be 10 seconds? Yeah, I don't want I don't want a 10-second song. Jingles. Well, it could be a like, jingle, a, like, a, like, uh, we'll do... like a McDonald's, you know, I'm loving it thing. For Cheap Show. A Cheap Show sound well, Then we'll do Jingle Vision. ooh. I'm Storytime Grandad. <laughs> Don't. That's not a jingle. That's you stuck in a creative loop. <laughs> that's the noise of his pipe, Paul. Oh, I eat janitors. Yeah, but it's not a jingle. <laughs> no, I've got one. I've got one. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> All right, sorry. So, should we say minimum a minute, maximum two minutes? Yeah. Okay. I think that's fair. You need yeah. to give a song time to breathe. And there's some good hits that have been only about two minutes long in history of the pop. For well, instance, you know. uh, song two by Blair is two minutes. On the nose? Yeah. 
Yeah, almost, that's very short. On the nose, two I minutes, mean, I think, yeah. In the six, late six, like rock and roll period, it was like two minutes, 20 seconds was a sort of, you know, all the Phil Spector stuff, Wall of Sound get stuff. Get in, get out. I, 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 a lot of the Beatles ones are in that um, that range, I think, as well. Earlier Beatles stuff. Okay. Yeah. So, but I think nowadays, that you get a pop record, it goes, it goes on for fucking seven minutes, doesn't it? Oh, mate. It's, everyone thinks they're doing Bohemian Rhapsody these days. Having watched uh, Todd in the Shadows' latest one-hit Wonderland, whoop, whoop, there it is. <laughs> um, cool. You can't, you, it really brought, watching that video really brought back to me how utterly dire the the 90s was in terms of music. And it makes me think, actually, it was a bit better. <laughs> it was really bad. Early 90s was really bad. It's all the worst things about the 80s sort of coming home to roost. Do you know what I mean? Sort of the the, the but tendency. But it was also like they sped through genres a lot in the nineties, though. You know what I mean? Like one minute it was like Stock Aiken and Waterman, and then next minute it all got a little bit happy hardcore, a little bit housey, a little bit dance, and all of a sudden there was like pop and Spice Girls and Boyzone and take that, and then all of a sudden it was Brit pop, and then all of a sudden it was a bit more grungy. As you get towards the end of the decade, oh, yeah. then we start leaning towards the more indie bandy stuff. You know, you couldn't hold on to anything long enough in the nineties. No, but there was some really terrible commercial music in the nineties. Really terrible, cynical stuff. Mostly made by Simon Cowell. Yeah. Uh, where were we anyway? Shall I get story time, Granddad? You can come back and finish this. <laughs> no, no, there's no. The only thing finished about story time, Granddad, is his time on the show. All right. All so, right. <laughs> we're moving on. Okay. So, yes. So, if you want to join your envision this year, please do. Uh, email your tracks to thecheapshow at gmail.com and, you know, your name name of the track, all that kind of stuff, so we have as much information as possible. Uh, and yeah, hopefully, Paul, what? I've just had an idea. Could we have categories, like in a, a instrumental category, rap song category, use of moog category? Um, no. You know. <laughs> all right. No. About... Here's why. Okay. Here's No, here's why. I want to explain it to you carefully. Uh, I can't <laughs> be... Arsed. All right, you can't be asked. I think if we keep it simple, keep it simple, right? Keep it simple, keep it smiley, right? Everyone throws in, everyone can express themselves, however. We don't know when the episode's going to go out, but it may be late June or well, it might be May or June. Okay. It'll be around then, I reckon. That's great, I don't know when Paul. your revision's meant to be. Is it meant to be June or July? I don't know. But they, I mean, the whole start f- for this was last year it was cancelled because of the pandemic, wasn't it? Yeah. So yeah. it might be cancelled again. We might be the only way people can get the fill of experimental music made on a worldwide base, you know, scale, yeah, yeah. judged by an amazing cast of judges. Some real experts as well. Um, yeah. Now, Paul, the other question I had, uh, no, that was it, actually. <laughs> All right, good. No, keep it simple. Right, I tell you what, I tell you what we can do. What? I'll have to show you on the camera. But um, one of the reasons why we're kind of low on content right now on Cheap Show is obviously the shops are closed and... Um, Charity shops and all that kind of thing, PO box, it's hurting hard me. to send stuff it's out. Hurting I get it. Me, man. Uh, and we do have, and we do have a stockpile of stuff, but unfortunately, that kind of only works when we're in the same room together, like certain uh, off-brand brand offs and games and food testing things. So we're figuring all that out. However, we do have a few bits and bobs, and I wanted to show Eli this again. There'll be pictures of everything we talk about on the show today uh, on cheapshow um, co.uk co.uk they've been a bit damaged in the post this unfortunately so I'm going to try and fix it before I send it to you Eli but someone I'll read it out hi guys I made you these 
little baubles, a slimer and a record player. Hope you like them. From Ooh. someone called Paul. So I'm going to show you the record player. Now, again, it's, it's been a little bit damaged, so I'm going to fix it before I get it to you. Show me each piece separately. Put it on the camera. Oh, <laughs> Little, it's a suitcase you see that record, little, player. record player. It's a suitcase record player. Oh yeah, kind of. It's got a handle on the side. It's probably a cheap Crosby. There's a little thing. It's a cheap Crosley piece of shit, isn't it? With a terrible, <laughs> he may, terrible may, ceramic. No, it's got a little well, But look, it's a little record on it. You get a spare as well. Look, he made a spare oh, one. Oh, that's good. And then he made me a slimer. Now again, the arm came off the slimer, unfortunately. But a little bit of glue will fix that, and uh, I'll show you the slimer now. Look at him. Oh, he's excellent. Isn't that great? What's he holding? A They're hot both dog. both awesome. Is that a hot dog? It's like a big baguette or no, something. No, it's a hot a dog. Look at that. Long. You can't see that's a sausage. Look at it. Oh, uh, yeah, it's a hot dog. Yeah. You're right. It's a hot dog. I didn't notice the sausage but in his hand before. He does eat hot he's dogs. He's very unlike me. Doesn't Slimer eat hot dogs in the original movie? He's on a yeah, hot dog cart. Yeah, he pops out the hot dog cart, yeah. doesn't he? And he's got his mouth full of fucking hot dogs, isn't it? Yeah. And that's slang. That's become slang. That's become slang for in porn movies. For like a... um What? Having a Slimer? Yeah, no. It's called Slimer in the hot dog stand. It's that that porn porn set terminology. What 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 pornography term? Hot All dog. right, love. Loving your work, love. I'm loving your work so far. Now, what we need for, in, from this scene is a real Slimer in the hot dog cart. You know what I mean? Oh, God <laughs> almighty. <laughs> gobble, gobble, gobble. Slimer in the hot dog cart. and then finish with the great big marshmallow man explosion all over his face it's so sexy isn't it ghostbusters come to think of it it's so seminal it's all fluids isn't it it's all gooky fluids it is well richard sandling comedian and friend of the show uh he used to do a bit of stand-up about ghostbusters saying you know Basically, it's about four men who all touch wands and make a big sailor man explode all over New York City. And it's like, yeah, yeah it's quite, yeah, it's got, it's got layers, <laughs> sticky layers. There's a lot, there's a lot of uh, innuendo. I hadn't really realised until I, I went through no. that whole Slimer, Slimer with the hot dog thing. Big old mouthful of hot dogs. He gobbles, he really gobbles them as well, doesn't he? Oh, 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 I think like he that. takes, I think he's got five or six in his yeah, mouth he when does. he pops out. <laughs> He seems happy enough. Um, right. <laughs> so, yeah. So, thank you, Paul, for those lovely little uh, baubles. Uh, no, thank I'll you very much. From a tree. Shall I do these scratch and stiff stickers then? Yeah. Now? Yeah. Right. Yeah, Paul, go on. Go for it. We were sent these. I've kind yeah. of, uh, I've sort of hung a lantern on it there, haven't I, by saying these scratch and sniff stickers. But they yes. are. But that's good. Scratch and stiff. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> That's another term oh, on a dear. porn set. Scratch and stiff. Hello. Oh, a little less, a little less scratch and sniff in the next take. Do you mind? Now let me just get some light here. Okay, these were sent quite a while ago, I think. Now he's done a little postcard. I don't know if you can see with that. The stickers on. Yeah, see it with the cheap show sticker on. Got a cheap show and bring sticker. Bring back fat Sal. Oh yeah. Well, it's what a lot of people do say and have been saying for years, really. So yeah, you know, I've got no control. I've got no control, although the character, I'd like to think, you know, I own the character in terms of like, I mean, who's, it's like, who's the best doctor? Who's the best fat sow? Me. Uh, I guess, you know, you are, your odds are good of being the best fat sow because you're the only person who I think has ever portrayed fat sow. I might be wrong. Maybe it's been performed somewhere in some other medium. Let's keep it that way. Keep fat sow Eli. Yeah. Keep fat sow Eli. Yeah. Uh, Okay. Hello, Paul and Eli. It is Tom. It is Tom. The one who sent the doing... Oh, sorry, not... The one who sent the doing? He sent poo-poo in post? 
No, it's Tom worse. Tom said poop poop doing in post. No, it's worse than oh, that. Oh dear. I'll start again. It is Tom, the one who sent the dong and the literal mint on card. Hello. Oh yeah. Thank you for the hours of entertainment. Thank you, Tom. Thank you, Tom. I'm a teacher by trade, disturbing, and scratch and sniff stickers are a cool reward. Tom uses these scratch and sniff <laughs> scratch and sniff stickers to reward his pupils. Like if Why? you get some because it's good. I I'd be up for that. If if I had a teacher who gave me scratch and sniff stickers for you know getting something right. You know what my teacher used to do when I was a little wee kiddy wink? It must have been like five or six, but at the end of the class end of the day if we'd all been good as we marched out of the class at the end of the day she'd get out her um what's the name of that character fred the the, the home pride man he looked like oh, a little yeah. mr ben yes i think there yeah. were more than one of them there was a whole extended home pride universe mate maybe well, i've got loads of them in fred... the kitchen here i've got a whole tribe well, of them that, in the kitchen yeah here. you've got a load of them yeah but she would take the hat off the little plastic fred home pride man and it'd be full of um licorice all sorts and sweets and we could uh, pick one on the way out nasty Oh, it's got, I remember it's got her name, all the Mrs. Strawbridge. I remember her. Well, Mrs. Well, Strawbridge. Mrs. Strawbridge. Oh, you're making yeah. that up. And who I'm was not. the headmaster? Who was the headmaster? Mr. Moat. And who was who was the head of biology? Uh, Mrs. Bridge. <laughs> what are you talking about? What's all this? You've made mean? it up. You've made it up. Mrs. Who Strawbridge, was... her name was. And I remember when she left the job, when she left the school to do another job elsewhere, I remember having a big cry because I liked her. She was my favourite teacher. Okay, there's things I object to. I'd object to. How many dirty, shitty, eyes and foreskins ridden little kiddies' fingers <laughs> would have been Hang in on, that... why as a child... No, you need to stop right <laughs> fucking now. Why does a child... Have the smell of foreskins on their fingertips. Because they kids, you kids. When I was a kid, I had my hands all over my junk all the time. Oh, your junk. All right, fair enough then. What I'm saying, Paul, is they're the ones that go out of the class before you and they've had their little scrummage with their fingers all gluey with their own juices in there and it'll get grubby in there. And you've probably picked a licorice, licorice all sorts out and it was covered in filth, is what I'm saying. And you made up the name of that teacher... What was I the didn't PE? make up the what name of the a teacher. What was the PE teacher called? Mr. Mr. Candy Floss Structure. Luckily, you'll like this because his name was Mr. Riddle. <laughs> Shall I read the rest of this letter then? Yeah, why not? So Tom says, thank you for the hours of entertainment. I'm a teacher by trade and these stickers are a good reward, a cool reward. Yeah, I guess. I found some special ones just for you. I think Eli will like them. Oh, we'll see about that, Tom. We'll see about that. All the best and stay safe, Tom. So hey, talking. I know it's hard, but talking to the mic. I'm just trying to think about the editing of this, and I hate it. How, I how hate can this. You... I'm miserable, Eli. I need a cuddle <laughs> and a hand, <laughs> right. a, a hand I, job, or I can't I need cuddle something. you or hand job you from here, can I? Not with that attitude, Paul. I'm you looking set at up the, some kind of. I'm looking at my waveform. Sense of feedback. Yeah, I mean that it would exist. That exists, doesn't it? I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but yeah, let's yeah. not get. In I there. could feel your mouth on my cock end from miles away. With a little bit of science magic. Haptic mouthpiece. (laughs) (laughs) My haptic mouthpiece. (laughs) Now, (laughs) that's what uh, Brandoff has got installed in his mum. It's a corpse, isn't it? (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) Oh, mate. Uh, No, more of an animatronic fuck piece in his his mum's mouth. Right. Um, I think there's only three types. I've got wet dog. Wet dog there. As a reward, you give a wet dog sniff to no, your kids? No, I think he's picked the really nasty ones because he knew they'd oh. be more appropriate for us. I right. think you'd probably get a wet dog if you didn't do very well. 
Or you were disruptive or something. Yeah. You've been okay. a naughty boy, wet dog. What's this then? Uh, these are the stickers. Oh, they've got Ooh. all of the possible stickers here on this card, Paul. Yeah. Shall we go through all of the different ones you can get? Go for it. you got bacon. Okay, nice. you got cow. Moo. you got dirt. Dirt. you got fireworks. Fireworks. Fish. Fish. <laughs> you got garbage. Garbage. You got grandma. Grandma. Oh, hang on. What does that smell of? Piss. And I don't know, but do you know violence. what else you've got? You know what else you've got? What? Grandpa. Story time. Granddad. No, it's not the smell of story time. Granddad. Stench. That's the smell of uh, chewed genitals, isn't it? Yeah. Unless the old lady smell grandma, that can be Madam Lady Plops. Hey, exactly. We just scratch out the names. We write Madam Lady Plops, and we write, you know, story time. Granddad, and we sell it as cheap show scratch and sniff merch. Oh, mate, we need scratch and sniff. Stickers. That's exactly the kind of merch. scratch and sniff book oh, would be excellent. Be great. Hot wings. We you got smell my gooch. Onion. Yeah, that's what it smelled like. Smelly cheese. Wet dog. Yeah. Zombie. Zombie. They've got to put zombie Ooh. in there. What's zombie going to be? R- the grave. The the the, like the aroma of the grave. Flesh. Yeah. And dirt. It's probably uh. dirt and flesh. Bad breath. Dog breath. Dragon breath. Morning breath. Don't know how they right. differentiate those. So but have a scratch got... of one or two of those. Pick one you want and pick no, one you don't want No, we haven't got them all. We haven't got them all, Paul. Oh. We've only got two. Oh, I see. Yeah. I see. Oh, no, so we've got three. Have you got? You got? We've got three. Wet dog. Oh, God. I just opened the pickle one and I'm getting a fucking nostalgia hard on. Oh. <laughs> Wet dog we got. Yeah. We've got fish. And Ugh. we've got pickle. Pickle doesn't seem to be on the original list. Ooh. I didn't say pickle, did I? Pickle's not there. Pickle's an extra one. Mate, must... imagine we had a scratch and sniff of uh, Keith. Yeah, that's good. I, I might get a half of Keith right now just to get sort of inspired. No, don't. 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 It's, don't that's disgusting. It's the horriblest smell it's I can not. fathom. It's it quite, is. It smells like a musty oh, incense. Even just thinking about it sets me off. <laughs> they could make a perfume for like, for like goth men. Scent of Keith. Witch hole by Keith. <laughs> oh yeah classy yeah no weirdly pickle isn't on this maybe it's a, from a different series or something all right we'll give them a scratch and sniff and give them a right. rating of accuracy okay so we're going to start with the wet dog we mentioned it first yeah start with wet dog okay. always start with wet dog i'm taking it out of its protective wrapper oh oh and i've got a little 1p coin to really get the sniff on yeah good there's good, two good. sheets of these so there's plenty to go around if you want one paul yeah well maybe we'll save it for a later date right i'm gonna have a half of this oh right oh <laughs> his face does oh. not look happy by all this it's like chewing gum and it smells like it smells like a sort of corner shop a mildewy corner what? shop mildewy corner shop yeah that's such a it, hard it smells a bit like Chinese Five Spice. It smells like Chinese Five Spice a bit. I wouldn't have said wet wet dog there. I would not have said wet no. dog. No. Right now I'm trying to put together the idea of a thing that smells of Chinese spices, mildew, and a corner shop, and I can't, yeah. can't figure it's like it out. That. It's a bit bleachy, um, you know, with... Let's go to fish, yeah? Try the fish. I'm already getting something off them. Try the fish, madam. That's like someone would say at a mm. restaurant. What's what's good tonight? Yes. What's good tonight? Try the fish, madam. Oh, I, I will. Oh! <laughs> oh, God. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Again, it's a bit foody. What's that? Is it one of those smells that when you when you go past a, a fishmonger's, it's that kind of smell? That 
kind of homogenous fish not. stench. No, no, absolutely. What are not. you getting then? Just a sort of mild. It's, it's more like a sort of fish stock. You know, there's sort of it's sort of stocky. It's sort of there's none of that raw oily fish. There's none of that sort of oily off fishy intenseness. Now, with all that being but you said, you are giving these to children. You don't want to discuss. You don't want to discuss children, do you? You don't want something really nasty. You do. I mean, that's I, the point. I, I, Kids like disgusting things, though, don't they? They like snot and bogies and smells and farts and poos. Kids love vomit, necrotic leg holes. Kids are <laughs> totally into all that kind of stuff. Now, I've just got the pickle ones, Paul. Out of I want to, I want to treasure these for the rest of my life. I've found the pickle right. smell of pickle scratch and sniff, and these are exactly like. <sighs> are you sniffing them? These are just exactly like being in Brent Cross when I was eight in the toy section and scratching all the stickers. And then there was the balloon stand where you could get a picture of Knight Rider on it. Oh, oh I was transported there. Oh, Snoopy T-shirt, like a Snoopy T-shirt. With the, you could have a press and the, you, you pressed it there. They did it for you there and it had Snoopy on. Oh, Oh. All right, mate. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Tom. You've made this man, this man, very happy. What you can do now is like cut them up and have one in your wallet at all times. So if you ever want a kind of little bit of oh, a little pickle comfort blanket moment, you can pull out your wallet, give it a scratch and sniff, and go. Oh, I'm right back there in my fucking weird memory of a bread cross <laughs> shopping centre and a Snoopy <laughs> t-shirt press, and you, I don't know, sucking up to Night Rider. No, I wasn't sucking up to Knight Rider. They put Knight Rider on a balloon. You know those balloons? They had all those balloons that you could... Helium balloons. Crinkly uh, oh, right and silver so. or gold ones. Yeah. They had one of those. And they had also had a, a stand where you could get Snoopy printed on a T-shirt while you waited. Oh, those toy short stores are no longer there, are they? No. Um, Paul, just while I remember, <laughs> I was in South London <laughs> uh, and there was a restaurant called Coming Up. <laughs> Right. And it was spelt it was spelt C U M M I N. Right. But it got me thinking. Did you didn't we used to say when I was a kid, oh I'm coming up. I'm I'm go- I've come up. I've no, I've come off. What did yeah, you say? No, I'm wanking up. No, you used to say I'm coming up. Yeah. I came up all over or something. Yeah. Because when you're young you don't know nothing and Spunked, so you think that's... spunked up. Spunked up. That's what you used to say. I've spunked up. Well, I know. I never said that at all, <laughs> but I know what you mean. Right. Anyway, that amused me. But hang on. Why have you brought that up anyway out of nowhere? I thought it was going to go somewhere. It just made me laugh. It made me laugh. It's like all of those restaurants. It's like all of those ro- restaurants that are like called like ir- Aroma of Be- Beijing or whatever, you know. Yeah. <laughs> no, cut this. Cut this. Cut this bit. <laughs> No, I'm keeping this in just so I can say I want to have a restaurant called, I don't know, Essence of Spoff. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Eli, it's time for Tales from the shop floor. Uh, yes, Paul, and that's the segment of Cheap Show where our listeners write in letters about unfortunate hijinks and dilly-dallies they've had at work. Or fuddle-duds. Oh, we love the dilly-dallies. Or, and mishaps, fudges, faux pas, and shit in a... <sighs> In a pot plant. Yeah, there's quite a lot of shit or spunk sometimes. Worse. But we are not going to do that today. I like semi-nude dead grandmas. Semi-nude dead grandma. (laughs) (laughs) 
Come on, we got a good one. Have we got a good one today, yeah, Paul? Yeah, it's good, this, isn't it? All this uh, coming up with marketing ideas for the worst worst things we can imagine. Necrotic leg hole. It scans yeah. quite easily. It could yeah. be it could be 2021's uh, hot stepper. <laughs> yeah. My dead mother's fuck piece. Sorry, I went too far. Yeah, all of those ones, mate. All of those ones. We've 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 made the joke very clear now. Okay, come on. So let's crack on with a Tales from the Shop Floor. This one comes from a guy called Dave Parks. Hello, Dave. Hello, Dave. Hello, my proud tatters of tat. Let me set this up by saying this was a shit job. He's straight in, Eli. It's a shit job. I like it. I like it. He's straight to the meat and the potatoes. It's a shit job. No faffing about. And also, he circumnavigated the whole who you say first, Paul or Eli debate, which often raises its ugly head. It's still wrong because it has to have Eli first, but, you know, it's only half wrong as opposed to being fully wrong. It's more half right. I'm a bit more optimistic about it than you. So, all right. uh, Right. Okay. He says, I was working in a bureau de change in a small glass booth within a well-known supermarket chain that I'd been working there for some time and knew the system blindfolded, but my hubris was to be my downfall. So what, a bureau de change, that's where you sit and people say, here's £10, give me some French money. Well, who says that? The person in the bureau de change or the person coming up to it? All right, I'll play the, I'll I'll be the bureau de change guy, yeah? You come up. All right, cool. (coughs) Hello, I'm off to Spain next week and I would like to change... Ring the bell. All right. Ding. Hello, bureau de change, how can I help you? Hello, I am going on holiday next week with my family and I'd like to change... I don't want to hear about it. How much? How much pounds? Uh... Two hundred pounds. All right. What do you want? What do you want me to do? Turn it into uh, turn what is it, it euros in- now. Pesetas. Turn turn it into euros. Pesetas. What? I don't. I don't know. It's been a while since I've been on holiday. Well, you should do your research before you approach the bureau de change. Good night. Ching. All right. I well, think that. I think well, that went no, well, you, Paul. What do you mean, Ching? You can't close. <laughs> it, I've closed. That, it's two in the afternoon. I don't care. I'm on break. <laughs> My family were going on holiday this afternoon. I need the money. Oh, you're going? The... Well, you should have thought of that. I'm a... I'm having a sandwich. Hello? Nom, nom, nom. Nom, nom. Well, Can't hear there. you. You could do it for me now. You could give me. I'll do the working out now on my phone. How much is £200 in euros? Doesn't matter. Oh, I've done the math for you, mate. All you've got to do is all give right. me 228 euros. Well, well, you've done all the work. If you're so good, why don't you go yeah. change it? Go find some fucker then to change it for you, because I won't be. I'm enjoying a fish paste sandwich. <laughs> you be doing it? Well, I'm. I'm it's your quit. Job. I quit. Goodbye. You can't just quit. Good day to you. Right. Well, I'm gonna have to go home to my wife and family and explain to them we can't go to Spain now because you won't change our money. You're the only bureau de change in the land, and I thought you might have been able to help us out. Wrong. Little Timmy here has got three weeks to live. Oh, now he, now he says that. Well, no, of course, because... Well, you should have said. What do you mean you should have said? It wouldn't make any difference. No, it wouldn't have, actually. So you're not going to give me the money, even though my child's never been on holiday and he's got three weeks to live? I am literally just a member of the public now, and I will be leaving this Boots chemist through the indoor. Thank you. Good day to you. Thank you, sir. Very good day to you. Excuse me, madam. Oh, lovely dog. Bye. <laughs> right. <laughs> End the scene. And that, ladies and gentlemen, that is exactly how it is 
to deal with customer service in the UK. If you've Ooh. never been here before, that's your experience in a nutshell. Little bit of politics. Ooh. Little bit, just a little bit. A soup son of podcast politics. <laughs> just enough to keep you salty. Right. So, that's, oh yeah, the letter. Um, yeah. Working in a bureau de change, hubris was to be his downfall. Right, okay. So he went, his hubris, his hubris, Paul, was that he said in the previous sentence that he could um, do the job with his eyes closed. So is his hubris yeah. going to be punctured Blindfold. by an actual an actual eye injury or something? Does someone spunk in his eyes and he's temporarily blinded? Yeah. And even though even though he said he could do the job with his with a blindfold on, when it's a spunky blindfold and his eyes are stinging, he comes up short. <laughs> Mate. So I got new scene. Right. You're the bureau de change. Okay. Yeah. Hello. Ding ding. Right, so you caught to me and you want money. Here we go. We're okay. swapping characters. Here we go. All right. Do 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 Ah. Oh. There's the Bureau de Change. It's handy, that, because I'm going on holiday and need to change some money. Ding! Hello? Hello. My name is Paul. I am your friendly customer service man for this booth. Oh, that's good. That's lucky. I was saying, just saying to myself, that's very lucky because I'm, uh, I'm about to go on holiday tomorrow afternoon. And I, uh, oh. I'd like you to change this money, please. All right. Okay. Well, give me how much money do you want to change? All of this, whatever. You count it. Okay. Just put it in the, through the slot. I'm putting it in the slot now. Thank you. Okay, just counting it now. Oh, hang One. on. Come here. Let me count the, I'll count the money. One, two, three, four. Okay, so you've got £200 there. Now, come Ooh, closer yeah. to the... Uh, come, to, cl- come close to the slot. Okay. Come close. Okay. No, lean forward a little bit more. All right. Right, good. Now, like you're there, this is where I tell you it's not a bureau de change. This is a bureau blamange. And I'm going to come in your mouth, sir. So, <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There's £200 worth of my innards all over your aghast face. Right. Is that the end of that scene, Paul? You've ruined it. That was it. It was. I was trying to just do a bureau blamange gag. Yeah, I like that, actually. Bureau de splange. Uh, for me, that makes the cut. Good. Bureau de Splodge. That's good as well. Bureau del Splodge. (laughs) (laughs) Bureau del Splodge. All right. Read the letter. Come on. Just give me two minutes, sir. I'll do the transaction momentarily. Oh. Oh, it smells of fucking wet dog. Right. right. I was going about my daily business of working in a bureau de change in winter and doing nafal until an unassuming gentleman who was dressed modestly came to the counter and he was wanting to exchange euros to pounds, which at the time of 2008 was about 0.8 euros to the pound. Right. So he handed me 500 euros, which would have been about 400 pound. I did not give him £400. I cannot to this day remember what fully happened that fateful day, but I do strongly remember him continuing to ask me if I was sure I was handed over £6,000 for convenience that I was correct and he was wrong to question me. He handed the guy six grand. Read that back. So he handed me €500, which would have been about £400, but I did not give him £400. I cannot to this day remember what fully happened that fateful day, but I do remember, I do strongly remember him continuing to ask me if I was sure I was handed up to just £6,000 in full convenience that I was correct and he was wrong to question me. Dave, here's the thing, Dave. 
Hmm. Just write a sentence, mate. <laughs> it's just simple. <laughs> you just got to say, I didn't give him £400. I'm not sure what happened, but I think I gave him 6000 Bloody hell. And he could strongly remember him continuing to ask me if I was sure, as I handed up to just over £6,000 to him in full convenience, yeah. that I was correct and he was wrong to question me. Not convenience. It can't be the word. We're moving on from right. convenience now, mate. We're moving on. Okay. I was given a suspension while they worked out if I was cahoots with the guy and if I was running a scam there was talk of legal action until it was found out that the guy had done this to varied success across the area and I was the lowest amount he'd managed to get away with wow of course I was still fired but not for that but because I was giving away points I was in a supermarket where it was a penny a point to customers who were nice to me during my horrible glass cage experience Ah. so he was giving out free points to like Tesco or Sainsbury's people well that's all right. you know everyone can forgive him for that you know so So I I kind of buried delete somewhat because this title of the email was called The Day I Was Darren Browned on the Shop Floor. Oh, he Darren Browned him. That's crazy though. That's a, it's a it's a scam that people do, isn't it? It's one of the oldest scams in the book. But what I don't understand is what, what was happening there? Was it like you basically, he hands him the, the money. Guy convince him that? He hands him the money and then there's a certain timing for it. So you hand the money over and then you do something yeah. to distract them very quickly. Right at that point where he's right. just counted the money, then you distract them. Right, and then and then and then so what? Then you say, oh, I no, wait, mate, I gave you six grand, and you went, oh, yes, what? And you go, no, I gave yeah. you six grand then, and you think, what did I? Yeah, and he goes, yeah, so I need four thousand euros. Yeah, oh, okay, D- what? Eh? Yeah, that's it. It's a to- It's a grift, isn't it? In fact, it's very. It's very similar to the opening of the um, the Grifters by Jim Thompson, which I recently read. He basically yeah. uses a ten. He gives a ten, and then it's about getting the change. So he can't get the right change, and then he does get the right change. And by that time, he's grabbed back the original note. Do you see? It's more complicated than just than what this yeah, one yeah, is. Yeah. But so it's you... a similar thing, you know. But people take advantage of that confusion, especially if you're working in a shop all day, or in this case, in a glass cubicle. You can see how it's easy to do because it all becomes very mechanical and automatic, what you're doing. Do you see what I mean? And it's that border area yeah. of actually of actually being aware and conscious of what the number is and also it being on automatic. And it's the area between those two different brain states that they sort of grifters take advantage of. Because this is the thing, isn't it? It's like it says also he'd done it across the area to varied success. And it makes me wonder just how many people have lost their jobs because of this fucking guy who's gone in, yeah. fucked around with them, walked out with a lot of money, and these people have been held accountable in some respects, or even, yeah. you know, held to blame. Yeah, suspected of criminality, yeah. And it also just confirms to me that people who go, oh, I, I, I learned NLP, they're the biggest fucking dickheads on the planet. It's just, I just hate that, though. I just, I just genuinely hate that kind of exploitative manner of people who can, like, use their... I mean, don't... I get it. I get grifting. I get that it's a thing and it's a game or whatever. But, like, when you see how just how the people who tend to go on about it so much. They're the kind of people I least want to spend time with without sticking a, 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 a tweezer in someone's eye. No, it's unpleasant. And especially that, it's, it's nasty. It's just a nasty thing to do, isn't it? Yeah, and it would be horrible. You wouldn't be able to get away with that at the Bureau Displodge, would you? Hello, sir. I definitely gave you... You definitely gave me what? Go this on. Is, this is... <laughs> sir, I'm sorry, this is half a teaspoon. No, <laughs> no, I definitely gave you a mug. I can show you it in the vial with the measuring calibration on the side, and that is a half a teaspoon, which no, is the normal amount I, of spunk. I, I, I don't no, I know, see... But I, have you got an elephant there? An elephant spunking in here? Sir, I gave you a mug of spunk. I would like a bowl of spunk in return for my Bureau de Splodge transaction. <laughs> 
I'm sorry, sir, you couldn't produce a bowl of spunk with those little shriveled walnuts. Sir, I'm going to stand here until I see you. See you birth <laughs> my exchange. Well, I'm shutting up shop. I'm going to watch you. I'm closing the, the bureau to splodge. No, you can't no, no, you can't do this. It's I my lunch. I demand my bureau to splodge. I want a ga- I want a I want a tankard of your man fizz. I'm not doing this anymore, Paul. I can't do this anymore. Scene. I'm a jizz grifter. I'm a jizz grifter. Paul, I want Here to... comes the jizz grifter. Murderer. <laughs> now, Paul, the other thing I wanted yeah. to mention about Thank you, Dave. What I wanted to thanks, Dave. Yeah, I wanted to mention about NLP because you brought it up. Do you know that it's all bullshit? Yeah. And none of it has been scientifically verified i'll just say that it's it's pseudoscientific at best all of that stuff oh i'm definitely aware of that because it's all it's all basically the same shit you see in the game it's the same kind of thought process yeah no the game tried to use it but there's all this stuff these rules they said like if someone's remembering something that was not true that they their eyes go in a certain direction or if they're remembering a real thing their eyes goes in another yeah. direction not true at all it's not true just not true depends different people look different ways when they're thinking of different things you know yeah good very good now um I'm trying to look for source just to save the end of this uh, segment, Paul. But there's no source inside. Can you rescue this? Because it's been it's it's been quite a reasonably serious discussion on you know scams and grifting and the exploitation of people. It's 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 it, it's been a bit more girthy when it comes to you know thoughts and stuff. Have you ever worked in? Fuck a- me, fuck me, Elon. <laughs> Seriously, my brain is having so much fucking I know, trouble Paul. today thinking of I know. words, I descriptive know. words. Yeah, I'm helping. I'm trying to help you. Okay. I'm here for you. I know. I had a little. Just, just say, just say some. Just bring back story time, Granddad. Right. We'll end with that. Well, he is That's just where here. I am right now. I'm willing. He's just here. I can actually bring yeah. him back if you want. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, Mister Mister Granddad, come over. Yes. Yes, sir. It's time for your story. Yeah. Okay. Oh, so it be. So I am here. So, so, so I am. Oh, is that Paul over there in the in the little picture there? Yes, hello. Hello. Hey, listen, I've heard you've got a new job. Ah, so I do. Yeah. You're working in the ball bag de change. Uh, Bureau del Splodge. No, you can't work there. It's the ball bag de change. Is it? Oh, yeah, that's right. Sorry, the memory's not so good. So it isn't no more, no more. So it's not. <laughs> yeah. The it's board... really weird seeing you do the character on Ball bag exchange. Yeah. You know, it's a job. It's not the best job I ever had. But I tell you what, Paul, so I do. There is a lot of genitals lying around. B- bull genitals. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I actually, you know what? I uh, I haven't got any more stories right in the moment, so I don't. Uh, so I'm just going to go home. I'm sorry, Paul, did you want me to put Eli back on? So did, so you did, did you? So- yeah, put Eli back on. All right, then. All right, Put lad. All right. I'll, I'll go Here then. Go. So, so I shall. I'll go. I'm go, going off. Quickly now. All right. Bye then. There he goes. Back Eli, to the... Uh... Come back. I'm here. I'm back, Paul. Bye, Granddad. Story time. Love it. Love it. Love Good. a bit of him. Right. So we shouldn't really call him Story Time Granddad. We should just call him Bullbag Cannibal Granddad because he doesn't really tell well, any stories. It's... And it's mostly about testicle cannibalism. Well, he. I thought he was... I was quite moved by his story. He was on the front... He was freezing to death, and there was n- he had to eat his enemy's bollocks. Mate, no one is going to stand outside their garden at seven o'clock in the evening <laughs> and clap for story time, Granddad. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> they should, though. 
they're not gonna. <laughs> uh, Fuck me. Let's Paul. end this segment. I will no, end. It, we're ending. I know. No source, no nothing, no characters ending it. You said, I just want to say, you said, stand outside their garden. What do you mean, stand outside your garden? How do you, your garden is outside. How do you stand outside your garden? You know what? Fuck stand- off. How dare, I've already admitted. I've already admitted I'm a sentence failure today. Stand outside my garden. Go easy on me. (laughs) Fuck off. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to batten down the hatches, strap yourselves in, for it is time for an update to our semi-regular, but not really these days anyway, but when we're desperate for content, we'll pull it out the bag. It is No Watch. Have you seen no? Have you seen no? Have you seen no? Have you seen no? No's around. No's around. Is there a no here? Is there a no here? No in the area. No in the area. Is there a no here? Is there a no here? in the area. No alert. You've been nolled. Right, so... I'm going to get... Get your knoll out. Get your hairy knoll out. With your big wobbly knoll out. Get your bearded knoll out. Show us your hairy Edmonds. Show us your purple hairy bearded Edmonds. Shaven Edmonds. <laughs> oh, shaven Edmonds. Oh, delicious. What I have like you got? That. What have oh, you got, Paul? Excuse me. I would love, I would like uh, a packet of shaven Edmonds, please. I'm sorry, sir. We're not that kind of shop. <laughs> oh, it's the Bureau de Splodge. I got it wrong. <laughs> well, I'm shutting up now anyway. Good night. Good day to you. Oh, no, God, these Bureau de Changes are shit. <laughs> Keep closing. We're going to start off with the reason why we're doing this. So in the P.O. box today, well, not today, mm. recently, in the P.O. box recently, okay. uh, I got a letter and a vinyl record. The vinyl record came with a letter and that letter says this. Hello, Paul and Eli. Boom, I win. Okay, you win. Hello. Who is this? Oh, I'm gone. May I begin by addressing the order in which people typically address you? Paul and Eli has much better flow than Eli and Paul, which is just jarring. Even Paul McCartney conceded that Lennon and McCartney work better than McCartney and Lennon. It's true. Okay, well, if I'm getting compared to the Lennon, the McCartney, rather, in this partnership, I'll take that. He was much better, McCartney, wasn't right. he? I don't give two fucks, yeah. if I can be honest with you, when it comes to Lennon and McCartney. No, no I do know. Although even Gannon and Silverman sounds better. Yeah, Gannon and Silverman sounds better, yeah. But that makes us sound like a comedy double act on fucking ITV's Big Night. Fat and slightly less fat. That could be our name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll put, I'm going to put some novelty sunglasses on in a second. Do it. All right, I just firstly, how do you like this? Do you like this? Oh, boy, I've seen your tits. Get, put your tits away. Put your tits away. Oh, you like it then. How do you like that? No, one. Oh! Just one tit. Oh! I wish this podcast had a HR department. Here we go. There you put go. Put your shades on. All right. So anyway, here we go. The letter continues. This is from Stu, a.k.a. Milky. And the letter says this. I know that Edmunds isn't always the most welcome arrival in your inbox, but I hope you can find a place in the pod for the Funny Phone Calls Part 2. I gave you the first copy on Vinyl and Cheap Show 100, which seems oh. so long ago now, which is wow. fucking... I remember yeah. that, though. I remember we do. We've got both copies now. We've got a full set of Edmundses. Is there a third volume of it, or is it luckily just the two? No, but the other piece of extremely... I, I cherish... There's a piece of Edmunds vinyl I cherish... Is that do you remember that weird yeah. um seven inch which was for cards day, national seller card day, 
and he does a whole side oh. of utter shit going yeah it's like, he does this whole pandering yeah disingenuous fucking yeah. hey hey it's a birthday why don't give them the the, yeah. the gift of your thoughts this year with this yeah. lovely song that i've chosen specifically to cheer up your day and he's also on that record with that B- barclays bank thing isn't he as well so we've got two others we do and that ended up being a really good song that one on the barclays banks yeah. album, uh vinyl whatever it was I remember we were genuinely surprised it was a decent track. Were they called Earth or Life or something like that? That group. Oh, fuck no. That's why they never got anywhere. Said terrible name. Yeah. Unrememberable. <laughs> right. The letter continues to say, It is my intention to send you one package per month for the duration of 2021. Bloody hell. Uh, feel free to use whatever comes your way, however you see fit, and I hope you both have a froth-filled and noodle-filled year. Thank you, Stu. Thank you, Stu. Look at his face on the cover. Look at Noel Edmonds' cheery, fucking happy face. I mean, I've seen more smug shots of him, to be honest, Paul. It's not... He's he's put the smug down to five out of ten and the sort of fresh-faced yeah. up, hasn't he? Isn't he chummy? Isn't he fucking chummy? Yeah. Right. So, if anyone doesn't remember, basically, we did an album uh, full of... Well, we didn't do an album. Noel Edmonds made an album full of his most funny phone calls from his... Was it his breakfast show? Yeah, must be. Yeah, and released as a comedy album. And if you heard that episode, whatever episode number that is, as you can probably remember, they were very poor quality pranks. A lot of the people weren't all that bothered. You know, it was more like people just going, oh, really? And then they go, it's me, Noel. And they go, uh, uh Yeah. Hello, uh. Noel. <laughs> <laughs> like the tired eventuality of a Noel Edmonds yeah. prank call. It was just something that rested uneasy on the mind. Paul, the the fact of the matter was, if you were in the 70s and you worked in a, a small to medium-sized business, you know, it was just yeah. a sort of occupational hazard to get a prank call from Noel. You know what I mean? It, it happened all the time, twice a week sometimes. It's like jury duty. You, get, <laughs> you just get noticed, like, you will be part of an Noel Edmonds funny phone call in the following few weeks. Please make yourself available and make sure your job knows of your whereabouts. Yeah, it was very common. And it, it shows in the weariness in the uh, the prankies' voices. But, Paul, just before we go forward, I just wanted to yeah. mention this, this never let it be said that Cheap Show deals in pure fripperies and trivia because I read in a news article this week that some guy, a YouTube pranker, which are the worst kind of prankers there are, but one has been shot to death in America doing a sort of I'm stealing from you prank. A shot to death? Being shot to death. So what, he was on wrong. his camera going, yeah. I'm going to pretend to steal from you. Yes. And then he got riddled with bullets. Yeah, that's the story. So pranking pranking can have, you know, just let that be a lesson. I, I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's a very severe lesson to learn. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. For as much as I hate pranksters, they probably don't deserve to be shot. No, no, absolutely not. But still. It just goes to show, you know, you've got to watch out when you're pranking. And Noel, Noel is, you know, he's dodged a bullet on this one, hasn't he, for years. Yeah, he's evaded the law on more than one occasion, hasn't he? Yes, fucking murderer. Exactly. Fucking... Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's not a murderer. We make fun. He's more kind of just deeply irresponsible. Yeah, and negligent to the to in a sort of murderous level sort of thing. Can we say that? <laughs> Can be, can be, in very dark <laughs> situations, yes. Like if I starved you to death or something. If I had you, if I had you imprisoned in a in a Bureau de Change booth, day and night, and you only yeah. could eat my semen, and then I slowly decreased the amount of semen I was feeding you, Paul. Slowly. 
and then you'd starve to death. That'd be a ne- negligent murder, wouldn't it? Wouldn't let you out. That's the most traumatising thing you've said to me, ever. <laughs> Fucking hell. Like, you'd lock me in a small glass booth and slowly feed me sperm until you decide to take that sperm away from me, therefore starving to death. And what, I'm begging on the glass. Eli, Eli, give me your sperm. I'm dying. A fucking horrible existence. You wouldn't call it that. You'd call it the magic paste because you'd, you'd be conditioned to believe that there's something else. <laughs> Eli, I need some Bureau Blancmange <laughs> all over me. <laughs> oh, come on, stick one of these... Tell me about Noel. Well, it's another album full of more funny phone calls. He's got a bit of blurb on the back, so shall I read that out? Yeah. Uh, Here we go. These funny phone calls have proved to be the most successful aspect of my broadcasting career. Oh. Asterix, up until this point in 1981. And he's always blowing his own horn, isn't he? He's always tooting away at his own trumpet. Fucking hell. Radio presenters, especially at that period, all they did was blow their horn because they were a brand almost. You know what I mean? You knew what you were getting with a Kenny Everett show. You knew what you were getting with a Daily Travis show. You knew what you were getting with a Noel Edmonds show. They were a brand within the branding of the BBC in, in those instances. Yes, but they still, they didn't need to be so full of themselves. Dave Lee Travis is terrible. We've covered him. And also, that... That clip of Noel has Mike come Reed. to... Do you remember that clip of Noel that was going around a few months ago has come to light in the Accidentally Partridge... Tw- it was on the Accidental Partridge Twitter account. And it was him... What was the video? It was... He's, it's his American show or something. Or it's... No, it's it's Crinkly Bottom. What's it called? House Party or whatever. And he does his little... Yeah. His monologue at the beginning to the audience. And he's complaining about a news article which said the show wasn't funny or said it's something about it. And he goes... And he's like going, actually, yeah, we've the got journalist. the highest the highest rated figures on BBC. Thank you very much, or whatever he's talking about. Do you know the one I mean? Yeah, the one we spoke about about 100 episodes ago when we first oh, brought right. it up. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> sorry, I'm trying to do content, Kids, man. don't use drugs. But the thing is, no, you're right, though, because like, apparently he's moved to uh, New Zealand now oh. uh, because he got scammed. And that and it made him very depressed, and he was very sad. So he's moved. He hates Britain, so he's moved to uh, New Zealand. But he's promised them he won't be inflicting Blobby or his tricks on them. He said he'll behave. Okay, when good. he's down there. Yeah, or yeah. else they'll they'll sling him out if he tries any of that shit, won't they? Tries to build a theme park or something. Yeah, well, they probably more likely lumped with him. It was like, oh, I'm just visiting. I'm no Edmonds, just visiting. Lockdown happens. Oh. COVID, and all of a sudden he's like. Maybe I'll stay here a bit longer. Yeah. And they're like, nah, mate, you can go if you want. Uh, you know, with your if, taxi full of fucking fake women. Paul, if you um, if you were conspiracy minded, you'd say that he was um, moving closer to the South Pole where he's like closer and could be in sort of closer contact with the elder gods that all live inside the hollow earth and can just sort of, you know. Oh, then do you think he's going to bring about the apocalypse in a kind of Lovecraftian way? Could do. He could do. His beard has definitely could get, you know, all spongy and stuff. At the mountains, at the mad, at the mountains of Crinkly Bottom or something. I don't know. <laughs> Blobby is very Cthulian, isn't he? Yeah, it is, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. The, the neck. Oh, got it. Shh. The neck. Noel Nomicon. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Now play me a bloody cr- prank then. All right. So hang on. Uh, I'll read the letter out. So he goes, blah, 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 my broadcasting career. And the liner notes continue. Throughout each series of my Radio 1 Sunday show, I receive literally tens of thousands of letters from people nominating their friends and relatives as my next victims. Oh. 
Bob down the pub. He likes a joke. You know what he don't like? No, he don't like foreigners. Why don't you call up and pretend to be a foreigner? You're taking his job. Why don't you do that, though? Yeah. He, he don't like foreigners, and he runs a guest house, and he's got one of those signs up, though. Why don't you make fun of that, though? Yeah, that that's. I bet there's ones that didn't make it. And then Noel calls up doing the worst Indian accent in the world. Yeah. Hilarity prevails. <laughs> okay, I am most grateful not only to the listeners who appear on this recording, but also those listeners who have made Noel's funny phone calls such an overwhelming success. I'd telephone you personally with my thanks, but you'd probably not believe that it was me. That's what he says. Noel Edmonds, 1982, uh. October. Oh, God. Do you want to hear a bit? Yeah, I'd like to hear a bit. All right, because there, uh, there are 13 tracks, and I'll read them out, and you pick the one out you want to listen to based on the title alone, okay? Okay. Here we go. Gotcha. Side one has The Ceiling, The Washing Machine, The Impressionist, Lady Rowers, The Mole Catcher, Registration Plates, Cosmetic Surgery. That's side one. Side two, The Shocking Telephone, Crutches, Netball Knickers, Mrs. Cockshot, DIY Traffic Lights, or the Siamese Cat Meeting. Um, can I have side one again, sorry? What, go down quickly. Ceiling, the washing machine, the impressionist, lady rowers, mole catcher. Mole catcher. All right, well, let's try that one then. This That's track four. One, two, three, four. All right, here we go. <laughs> oh, I love that reaction. Now to Mr. John Thomas. Mr. Thomas was expecting my call. His next-door neighbour had warned him that he'd actually managed to locate a mole catcher who could ring one Sunday morning. It was a cunning piece of pre-planning, which meant that Mr Thomas fell hook, line and sinker. Can I speak Mr John Thomas, please? Speaking. It's a lovely thought, isn't it? All these bangers going off and all these huge holes. I must admit, you frightened me to death. Oh... <laughs> uh... God oh, almighty. My. You know what? I mean, you know what he does? I know he's not ex- he's not exactly phone jacker. No, he does do a reasonable job of sounding convincing, but it's it's so mundane. That's it, isn't it? Yeah, he yeah, he's uh, it's just it's believable because it's so boring and it's sort of like, oh, I don't know, it's just not a great prank, is it? No. I wonder if you try and just find another one what that impressionist one was like or there's one called the shocking telephone. Let's see what that is on the other side. This is my very favourite telephone call. When I started to make it, I was not very optimistic about my chances of pulling it off, particularly because it was in three parts. Mrs Wendy Tuck has a problem with her phone. She keeps hearing dialer disc in the background. So she's very grateful when the engineer phones up. Morning, can I speak to Mrs Wendy Tuck, please? <coughs> oh, excuse me, I'm speaking. Our morning, it's uh, post office engineers here. I understand you've been having problems with your phone and the dialer disc. You're getting music. Oh, God blimey, hang on, I'm not awake yet. Oh, sorry. What the dickens is the time? Pardon? Twenty to ten, I've overslept. I'm um, sorry, what did you say? You're having problems with your um, your phone. You're getting music down your phone, I believe. Yeah, well, no, well, I haven't got it now. I've got men talking. You got what? <sighs> sorry? I tried to make a phone call Friday, oh, God, when was it, Friday night? Yeah. And I got two men chatting away about football. All right. Um, so I'm not getting the music quite so often. Right, well, we're working on uh, on that part of the exchange this morning. Um, can you... Can That's you... Malcolm, isn't it? What? That's Malcolm. 
My name's Brian. Oh, sorry. Oh, all right, sorry. <laughs> um, can you avoid using the phone for about the next 20 minutes or so, cos we'll be working on it? Yeah, OK. Um, the point is, it mustn't be used, cos we'll, we're working in the area that if it's used, someone will get an electric shock, right? So... We've got to be very careful. We're getting an electric shock if you use your phone. So can you avoid using it for 20 minutes and I think we'll probably be able to sort the problem. All right? I'll ring you back in about 25 minutes or so. But, yeah, OK. But don't use the phone, please. Electric shock? We, we get an electric shock if you pick the phone up. All right. Oh, OK, then. I'll ring you back when we cleared it. Right, thanks so much. Bye. Bye. OK, so I've told her that I'll be ringing her back in about 20, 25 minutes. But obviously the idea is I ring her back within about five minutes. Now, will she pick up the phone? Hello? Oh, <laughs> I just love that. The way she just threw the telephone down. Well, I've obviously now got to call her back. Hello? Mrs Tuck? Yeah, are you all right? Oh, I, d I did ask Mrs Tuck not to pick it up. Run it, run... Oh, dear, are you all right? Well, it gave me a bit of a fright. Like well, you gave... Was it you that screamed? Yeah, lucky I've got rubber boots on. <laughs> well, I don't think it's that funny. I did ask, didn't I? <laughs> it's not easy. I mean, you wouldn't like to be working on a Sunday morning. Well, I'm, I'm surprised you are working Sundays, because when I rang them up last weekend, they said you don't work um, Saturdays or Sundays. Maybe not on installations, but on engineering at the exchange we do. I had the screwdriver in one hole and my finger in the other, and you completed the circuit. I'm oh, glad you find it funny, love. Anyway, he's... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but I just have to take a lithium because you frightened me. Well, all right, look. Have you sorted it out? Well, does it sound any better? No, I've got a crackle on it now. Not surprised. You've probably got blood on it as well. <laughs> you, you seem to take this very lightly. You could, you could really have done me a mischief there. Well, you're all intact, don't you? What? You're all intact. Well, my hands are shaking a bit. So is mine. <laughs> Look, uh. No, the thing is, am I going to be charged for this dialysis? You know, every time I pick up the phone. No, you won't be. I might charge you for the shock you give me, but you won't be charged for the dialer disc. Oh. Look here, um. Hopefully, the, the tweak in the work I've just done has worked. I can't even write my hands shaking here. <laughs> um. So is mine. Look, you make a note of of my num my my name and number. Yeah, hang on, then I've got a piece of paper. And then oh. and then if there's any further problem, I'll deal with it. Okay, so I won't be getting Rod Stewart and Meatloaf again. You'll be getting the electric light orchestra if you give me another <laughs> shot. That's all right. I like them. All right. Are you ready? Yeah. You got a pen? Yeah, but I dial one hundred, don't I? No, no, no. Make a note of my name first, otherwise you'll get somebody else, right? Oh, OK, then. I'm Noel Edmonds from Radio 1. You're joking. No, I'm not. I've been made a fool of. Noel Edmonds. <laughs>
good morning. Good morning. Oh, gosh, now I am shaking. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that still is my all-time favourite. What that lady went through when she thought that she had electrocuted me. Anyway, working on the principle that everybody loves it when I get caught out, here's a trio of calls in which I completely failed to fool anybody. Let's start with Peter Benison, who, following a cartilage operation, borrowed some crutches from the hospital. He returned them when he could walk again, but he just left them in the hospital corridor without telling anybody that he'd brought them back. Good morning. Can I speak to Mr Peter? Is it... There you go. That's all right, that one. That's all right, that one. It's very, uh, dated. It really shows its age because dial a disc was what? When you used to ring up and you could get the the radio on the phone. Is that what that was? Oh, was that what that was? Yeah, that's dial a disc. It was like a kind of automated call or something. No, it's... You You can I phone... Don't, I don't remember that. That is showing its age then. You can phone up and you can get like the top 40 or whatever. You get the... um. I remember that my sisters used to do it. They'd like call up when it first came out. It says here on a website called Do You Remember? It says dial a disc was a telephone service provided for the by the post office beginning in the 60s. You simply dialed the number 16 on your telephone and the current pop tune would be played down the line. The tune would be different every day and played between 6pm and 6am all day on Sunday. Wow, that's good, isn't it? Per day. I re- what I remember is probably a later iteration of a similar thing, but you used to get an actual radio station, like a pop radio station. I think it might have been even Capital. You could, di- oh, you could dial for Capital, yeah. Oh, wow. I'd never heard of that before. That's all brand new to and me. Also, what made me laugh about that one was every time he'd say, oh, all right, love, you just give me electric shock. She'd go... <laughs> <laughs> I know. She was like a like very ghoulish, wasn't it? Like she actually got some kind of pleasure from it. Yeah. She's like, oh, oh, I like it when I zap Noel Edmonds. Oh, oh, oh. And also, it was very revealing, Paul. That she said, oh, I'm not going to get any more. Yeah. I'm not going to get any more meatloaf and Rod Stewart, am I? And, he, and he, then he goes, no, I've got electric life orchestra. <laughs> and she goes, no, I like them. So you've got a little window into sort of what she was into and stuff. They are snapshots, aren't they, of a very particular time. The thing is, though, I, from all the piss taking I do of this type of radio and of Noel Edmonds, I do miss it. Because I don't think radio's got the same charm anymore. For, for all of its, uh, you know, no, it awkward doesn't. bits and bobs, it's, it's, it just lacks it lacks that charm. It totally does. It's it's pure, just oral mouthwash. I mean, aural mouthwash. Because it feels like the presenters, well, yeah, it feels more like the presenters are there to make, to give the brand an identity, where in the past it was like, the, the presenters yes, were the identity the of certain times of the day throughout yeah, the show, and they would the vary. The personality was the identity. But now, the personality of the presenters is totally subsumed by the sort of corporate brand. Do you know what I mean? And they all sound the same. The sound yeah. of it, the links. Yeah. The, it all yeah. sounds the same. and it's all Because this... no, they, they, everyone wants their stations to sound the same, so if you're flipping stations, you might stick with them, because it doesn't fucking matter yeah, who cares yeah. anyway. It yeah. all sounds the same yeah. shit. Yeah, it's awful. It's... I hate to say this, but I'd much rather I would much rather listen to a Noel Edmonds Sunday breakfast show yeah. than anything on there right yeah, now. I know, I know. And I'm sorry for that statement. I know, mate. Sad. Saying that, I would never listen to Dave Lee Travis under any circumstances. Because you remember when, like, we read that bit of his, uh, like, with that Top of the Pops annual, we read a bit of his blurb from that yeah. about how he wanted to be huge on Saturday nights and his whole thing about being on German TV and on Screen the Lens. Pure sociopathy coming off the page. Heady, heady sociopathy. Like, yeah. 
Anyway, I'd All much right. rather have Noel in my ears than Dave Lee Travis. That's what it comes down to. Um, you know what? I stand by Noel. Good. Well done, Paul. You've got, you've got to the end of another episode of Cheap Show. In fact, from now on, this is a pro-Noel podcast. Is it? I've decided. Right now, we're pro-Noel. Pro-Nolo. <laughs> El Bono Nolo. <laughs> Pro-Bono Noel. <laughs> I've got it, Paul. I've got it. Pro-Bolo Nolo. Pro-Bono Nolo. Pro-Nolo Bono. <laughs> How about that? Pronola Bono. <laughs> Come on, let's let's get out of here. Right, that's it. Thank you for joining us once again on Cheap Show. If you'd like to see any pictures or videos that may accompany this episode, you can go to our website, thecheapshow.co.uk. And there is a one-stop shop as well for anything else Cheap Show related you want to try out. For instance, you can go to our YouTube channel from there. You can buy our official Cheap Show merch page stuff there as well, where you can buy logos and whatnots and exclusive little bits that me and Eli have done. We've also got Tony's beautiful, wonderful merch page for all kinds of designs and artwork to slap all over your uh, body and also event has opened up the cheap show magazine uh, orders again links to all of those places on our main website you can also go to patreon.com forward slash cheap show where if you fancy it you can give us a little bit of money so we can crack on keeping on doing this lovely little show and if you'd like to support us with p.o box stuff send it into the show go to p.o box 1309 harrow h-a-1-9-q Jay. And I think that's it in a nutshell, isn't it? What about my Twitter fucking handle, mate? You've left me out. Oh, yeah, we haven't done Twitter. I haven't done Twitter at all. You can follow us on Twitter where we're quite chatty at the Cheap Show Pod. I'm at Paul Gannon Show, and Eli is. Eli Snoid, which is spelled E L I S N O I D. Thank you very much. And we're on Instagram and Facebook and Tumblr. Just look for Cheap Show or Cheap Show Pod. You'll probably find us eventually. Something to do with it during lockdown. Look for uh, cheap show social media. I just can't stop thinking about your scrunchy fingers in the in the licorice pot. Uh, I had my fingers deep into plastic Fred's head. Paul, they're bringing back Games Master. I've heard that, yeah. yeah. You're going to try and go it on it? It will probably be shit and full of stand-ups. Well, you could have a chance going on it then. Yeah, true, good point. I don't know. I don't know. For people who care, great. I don't care. All right, bloody I think no. I don't, Biff, Someone said, oh, Biffo should present it on uh, Twitter. Yeah. And I honestly think that would be the least interesting thing for Biffo to want to do. Yeah, but it would be a good good gig in terms of sort of, uh, you know, money and recognition. Yeah. We, we should just say, fuck off Games Master, and get them to fund the proper series of Digitizer, and we'll do that again. Alright, I didn't want to get all pod political here at the end. Can I just say, just... I like I, what I like this week, Paul, is the word scrunge. Scrunge is good, and I I will always take away Bureau de blob Splodge. It's that... What, what, what's <laughs> the that. short list uh, for the uh, titles for this week's episode, Paul? I, I think already it's going to be Bureau de Splodge. Okay. I think I've, I'm, I'm committed to that. I think it should be Bureau del Splodge. Del Splodge. Bureau del Splodge. Yeah. It could even be, I don't know, Pro Bono Nolo. You, could, you <laughs> should call it no, Noel's Bureau del Splodge. <laughs> Knowles Bureau del Splodge. Ah, thank you very much. I thank you. Right, well, let's say goodbye now, Eli, and see Good. everyone next week for more goodbye. Cheap Show Locks. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Goodbye. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye.